There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Hello, hello to our beloved and most natally dressed listeners, and welcome to our very special episode. Yes, this show is celebrating Max Mike Movie's fifth anniversary. Can you believe how many years we've been doing this? Hang on. Five, right. Wow, <laughs> five years. Five years, that is so many years. Hard to believe that five years ago, almost to the day, Mike said to me, You did a real job, Max. Now I'm going to restraints and you're not going to do anything stupid, right? <laughs> Ah, uh, memories. <laughs> you ever said any such thing? Totally did. I, we had any number of possibilities to consider for this show. We could discuss movies with the number five in the title. We could discuss the fifth entry in some major movie franchise. We could do a careful analysis of all 23 episodes of the 1971 Jackson 5 cartoon series done by Rankin Bass. Mm. The last one was my top choice, but Mike vetoed it because I vetoed a concurrent analysis of the Osmonds cartoon show. I have never and will never ever watch an episode of that show. Oh, keep telling yourself that. (laughs) So instead, we're doing a variant of a suggestion made by one of our listeners, one Dan Schaefer. Who? Uh, I don't know. His name showed up somewhere. And we're discussing the fifth highest grossing film that came out the year we started, 1918. Uh 20. Wait, that, that, that's not right. That's not right. I knew that wasn't right. What's, what's Smack that? your head again, Max. Ow, Get the BB ow. in the little hole. Hang, hang on. <laughs> Wait, there it is. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> and I would like to point out the fifth anniversary is the wood anniversary, which is why after the show, I will be striking Mike in the head with a log. <laughs> and not just simply asking, why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> and the movie we, we have chosen, although we didn't choose it, it chose us. Uh-huh. Deadpool 2. I'm your host, Max, if I could turn back time, Levine. <laughs> and over yonder is your host, Mike Forbushman, loose. Break the fourth wall for us, Mike. Where's my paper bag? Or is it a tin pot? I can't remember. I think it's a tin pot. I think it's a tin pot. Where's yeah. my tin pot? There. Is that broken but enough? That's very broken. Wait, do we We're have ta- a fourth wall? Do we have We're, a first wall? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we have any walls, floor, or ceiling. We're just floating here in the void in your ear. Ooh. But before we do that... Question. Last episode. Ooh, we're changing it up a little here. See what we did there? Yeah, it's yeah. not a different episode. It's the same one. <laughs> Last episode, we were dying to know who your favorite comedy team was. And to mm. say we were surprised at the answers would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. You folks are always great, but I think the variety of these answers was above and beyond. So thank you ahead of time. Yeah, seriously. Starting over to the website. Ooh, I feel a draft coming from way, way up north where hell freezes over first. I it, smell herring. <laughs> it, yeah, your heart of herring. It's uh, Vince what? from the wilds of Canada with this response. Quote, Burns and Allen always cracked me up and I love the team of French and Saunders. Uh, I really <laughs> loved the Marx Brothers, but rewatched uh, some of their films recently. And while still well-paced and funny, they're much more problematic than I remembered. Mm. It's summer, so off to put ice on the zombie penguins. End quote. <laughs> Thanks, Penguin Master. Gotta keep them cool. Mm. We also had Ned, Burgermeister of Cheese, at the website. Quote, (laughs) the old SNL crew could work magic. Too many movies to name, end quote. That's very kind of you, Ned. It is. Very. Back on Facebook, Jamie Kleinert is next with, quote, Mandy Patankin and Andre the Giant are the obvious answer, end quote. I 
don't know okay. if it's serious, but it's a great Interesting. call. <laughs> they had that one film, you know. Thanks, Jamie. Nick Hoffman posted twice, starting with, quote, the first one that comes to mind is Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, end quote. And huh. then, quote, let us not forget who was on first, Abbott and Costello, end quote. Uh, if they were on first, why put Wilder and Pryor there? Hmm. Well, yeah. thanks, Nick. Yeah. Harry McCracken's answer was simple. Laurel and Hardy. Thanks, uh, Harry. Yep, to the point. Dan Schaefer, who more or less came up with this episode, this week's episode thingy. But he's not getting any money for it. He'll get as much as we do. In yes. bumpy bucks. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget those. Uh, Dan Schaefer offered up, quote, William Powell and Myrna Loy in the Thin Man oh. movies. Incredible chemistry and banter and drinking, end quote. Lots and lots of drinking. So much drinking. And don't forget Asta. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Adam Mark, as always, had a well-reasoned response. Quote, I think Bob Hope's and Bing Crosby's Road series, 1940 huh. to 1962, still, God. <laughs> still holds up. 22 as, years? I did not know that. I did not either. That series still holds up as one of the best comedy duos in cinema. The movies were a combination of adventure, comedy, romance, and music, parodying the different tropes of the day as the two bounce from one mishap to another across the globe. Two amazing showmen. Do they even make showmen anymore? I think Hugh Jackman counts, but he may be the exception that proves the rule. Anyway, <laughs> two showmen who played off each other's strengths across decades and gave us enduring comedy. I'm sorry they're not better known today. Mel Brooks notwithstanding, comedy and cinema seems to have less duration across the decades than drama, end quote. Thanks, Adam. Val Coons, Q, Footsteps, etc., posted, quote, in no particular order, The Marx Brothers, uh. the core group that did all of Christopher Guest's films, such as A Mighty Wind, This Is Spinal mm. Tap, Best in Show, etc., the core group of Mel Brooks's best films, Gene Wilder, Madeleine Kahn, Kenneth Mars, Liam Dunn, Cloris Leachman, Harvey Corman, end quote. That's quite a group list, kind of yeah. like a super group, the haircut 100 <laughs> of comedy. Thanks, Val. <laughs> Ian Coleman gives us, quote, Wilder and Pryor pop into my head instantly, end quote. Seems that like, sounds painful. Yeah, but it seems like they're the favorite so far. Or is it yeah. the Marx Brothers? It's close. Thanks, Ian. Jen Norstrand's answer was, quote, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Uh, huh. It's work they I've are a missed. great team. Are they? I'll take your word for that. So thanks. Dave, 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 Dave. Dave, Dave nothing but Dave. Troop. No. <laughs> His last name rhymes with Mackman, said, quote, hands down what? the Marx Brothers. Their work was uh, audience tested in a way that's no longer possible in our society, end quote. Audience tested, mother approved. Thanks, Dave. Valcoons poked her head back in to offer Stephen the Assistant's answer, quote, Stephen the Assistant says Monty Python, end quote. I am frankly uh, amazed that that was the only offering for those that Brits. That is a surprise. Thanks, Stephen. Brian Mundo posted, quote, The Rock and Kevin Hart. Unless you count animated animals, then Timon and Pumbaa. Ooh, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. I forgot about them, end quote. I guess he didn't uh, forget about them. Thanks, Slow Bear. Lastly, we have the weasel himself, Mike Dans, with, quote, Farley and Spade, end quote. Um, it is sad that they didn't get to make any more films. Thanks, Weez. Those were really varied and interesting, but what about yeah. you, Max? Who yeah. <laughs> won't be varied uh, or interesting. No. Who's your favorite cinematic comedy team? Um, honestly, I got to go with Monty Python. They were, as far as just people who I've stuck with throughout the years and whose work I've enjoyed the most and the ones who had the... And also who do the amazing job of wrangling like six people, mm. which that, that ain't easy. Other than that, I got to go with the Marx Brothers. Yeah. 
How about, how about even, you? We might even take a look at them at some point. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, same thing. You know, they didn't do that many films. I mean, technically they did, what, three films as the uh, Pythons? I th- Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and uh, Meaning, Meaning of, of Life. Life. I think that's I it. think that's right. Yeah, they were like some with some of them here and some of them there. But I, yeah, those are the ones I think of. But I... Uh, I sp- if you want to count their TV show, which technically we don't because this is a movie podcast. I still uh-huh. say, I mean, how many times have you and I seen Holy Grail? I have, I've lost count after I got to 30. And it is amazing the buttons that Life of Brian pushed, which by mm. the time we saw it, it wasn't so much a thing. But at the time, whoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie was uh, causing quite a stir. Uh, because they actually did have a film, I might second with Kids in the Hall. Well, I have okay. to say, did a remarkable job in their comeback series. and That was surprising. Damn, are they brave. I think yeah. literally all of them at some point appeared <laughs> nude. And th- these are guys like in their 50s or 60s, you know? They- yeah. It wasn't pretty, and they didn't care. So, nope. Yeah. They did it because it was funny. Yeah. Well, that's all well and good, but after five years, and we are celebrating a milestone here, we thought we'd go for something different. So next but, week, yeah. why not let us know, what is your favorite movie franchise? Big or small, three films mm. or 12, same or different actors. Which is the one that grabs your heart? Please remember, franchises mm. go back nearly as long as Hollywood does, including things, as Dan mentioned earlier, like the Thin Man series. That's a franchise. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, hell, the Open Crosby Road movies. Sure. So let us know what your favorite franchise is and tell us in ways that, you know, blah, 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 blah. But before that, listen to my Bud Max and his booyah bays of Deadpool 2 trivia. Facts. Yeah, I got the bud right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Deadpool 2. Budget, $110 million. That's not a lot, is it? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, but it made $786 <laughs> million, th- More than three quarters of a billion dollars. Wow. Which is, which to no one's surprise is why there's going to be a Deadpool 3. Hmm. I want to do a little backstory, not too much about the character of Deadpool. Sure. The character was created in 1990 by a guy named Ra- Rob Leefield and, as everyone forgets, Fabian Nisiza. Uh, he first showed up in the New Mutants. Honestly, he was really boring in his, right, right off. He didn't get interesting until seven years later when, and I have to put this in, allegedly... The writer Joe Kelly gave him the whole breaking the fourth wall gimmick. There are like five different writers who claim credit for that. Hmm. But that was really where he kind of took off. Otherwise, he was just like, you know, yeah, grr, I'm a mercenary. Blah, I shoot people. Blah, blah, blah. Sort of like his appearance in that Wolverine movie. Yeah, kind of. Not quite that bad, but close. <laughs> Upon seeing the costume and noting the characteristics, a killer with super agility, Siza contacted Leefield saying, uh, dude, this is Deathstroke from the Teen Titans, <laughs> who came out around the same time. So Nisiza gave Deadpool the name of Wade Wilson, because it's an inside joke, because Deathstroke's real name is Slade Wilson. Ah. Yeah. And the, the gag was, oh yeah, uh, Wade's his brother. <laughs> They knew what they were doing. They were just having some fun with it. There's a lot of other stuff about him, but eh. meh. Near the beginning, we see footage of the X-Men closing the door so that Wade doesn't see them. 
That was them. I thought the first time I thought I saw it, I thought it was um, stand-ins, but apparently that footage was shot on the set of X-Men Dark Phoenix in 2019 and sent over to the Deadpool 2 crew. Oh, how nice of them. This is more for Deadpool 1, but the character Negasonic Teenage War- Warhead, played by Brianna, what's her name? Uh, Hildegard, I think. Uh, is named after a 1995 song by the, the New Jersey rock band Monster Magnet, who was a f- favorite band of her creator, Grant Morrison. Ah. When Deadpool complains about Domino's luck powers, he says it must have been the idea of an artist, quote, who can't even draw feet. Oh, there's Rob Liefeld again. Yes. Do- <laughs> uh, Rob Liefeld has been often mocked and criticized for ab- avoiding drawing characters' hands and feet. Apparently he loved the joke, though. The gag where Deadpool stops Cable's bullet with a sword and then uses both to stop multiple bullets, only to realize that most of them made it through to his body, was conceived of by the stunt team. David Leach passed on it initially as being too comedic for a dramatic sequence, but after he showed it to Ryan Reynolds, the actor thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds was actually the one on set who noticed the similarity between the song Papa Can You Hear Me from Yentl and Do You Want to Build a Snowman from Frozen. And he's not wrong. He's that, all, they're that, only identical. <laughs> no, that, that melodic phrase, they're like almost note for note. Uh, addressing the rather small elephant in the room about T.J. Miller. Uh, due to the controversy surrounding his behavior in the months leading up to the film's release, Ryan Reynolds made a statement that Miller will not be invited back to perform in any of the follow-up films. Oh. This is, yeah, the incidents included Miller being part of sexual abuse allegations during the Weinstein effect as well as supposedly bullying behavior on set on the set of Silicon Valley. He was also arrested after calling 911 when he was on an Amtrak train coming from Washington, D.C. to New York. He claimed a female passenger has a bomb in her bag. She did not. Uh-huh. Miller himself later stated he didn't want to be in more Deadpool films anyway, so shut up. <laughs> okay, that may not be exactly how he said it, but uh, even if he were asked to do the part and paid twice as much, stating that Ryan Reynolds had been, quote, horrifically mean to him on the set of Deadpool 2, which is really in keeping with Reynolds' reputation. Mm. However, he later stated they had made amends after Reynolds had contacted him and claimed that his accusations had been misconstrued. Wow, what a mess. I actually liked him in Big Hero 6, too bad. Yeah, yeah. Rob Liefeld, who also created Cable, the character Cable, not the television series, or (laughs) television (laughs) technology. yes. He was on the set of Deadpool 2, and he asked Josh Brolin, who who had packed on a lot of muscle for the role, he says, can I hold the rifle? And as he said, Josh gave me the rifle to hold and said, be prepared, this is heavy. And he was horrified because the thing weighs 70 pounds. Wow. And Brolin's going, yeah, I got to run up hills with that thing. <laughs> well, Brolin, as we well known from our episode on the Goonies, here, our entire episode on the Goonies, has been working out since the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, I, I got some Goonies stuff in here, too. Ryan Reynolds and David Leach, the uh, director, were so taken with Zazie Beetz, who plays Domino, they wanted her to bring her own style to the role, preferring she wear her hair natural rather than the straight, choppy style Domino has in the comic book. Julian Dennison felt he'd really liked the role of Fire Fist, apart from the name, (laughs) which was particularly special because... His character is chubby, quote-unquote. He said in an interview, playing a chubby or fat superhero was so special because I would go and watch these movies with my friends and never see anyone like me. I'm excited to be that for any other kids who look like me. 
Sadly, he was not allowed into the film because he was too young. Yes, he was 15 <laughs> when the movie came out, and he couldn't have seen it in New Zealand where it was rated R16. Ooh, R16. <laughs> yes. It's a new element, isn't it? Yep. Do you get superheroes with that? Uh, probably. Ooh, ooh I think I'm having an origin. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get bitten by some radioactive uh, arthropod? No, I think it's just gas. <laughs> oh, okay. You shall be gas man and strike <laughs> terror into the fe- hearts of your enemies. I already do. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> Reynolds, by the way, would wax rhapsodic about what a good physical comedian Julian Dennison was. And they say, he would say, yeah, he looks fat. He's incredibly athletic and really strong. Hmm. Did the, the playground where they have the fight at the end of the movie, did that look familiar? No. It did to me, and I didn't, but I was like, I could never figure out why until I looked it up. It's the same one used in Sarah Connor's oh Nightmare as soon in as Terminator 2. Yep, I, yep. Man, okay. Yeah. So don't go to that playground. Yeah, for yeah. For any just, reason. Just don't, don't. <laughs> Bad things happen there. Yeah. The character Zeitgeist can be seen with the number 116 tattooed on his left shoulder. That's because his first his first and only comic book appearance was in X-Force number 116. <laughs> mm. Nerd trivia. The sound that Cable's gun makes when recharges is the same sound the T-1000 makes as it walks through the hospital's cell door again in Terminator 2. Ah. We not only get Terminator 2 reference in this, we get uh, RoboCop. Now, when Colossus says to Russell, come quietly or there will be trouble, Russell and Deadpool both point out that he stole that from RoboCop, which is the second reference, because in the first Deadpool movie, Colossus says, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Mm. The Deadpool mask is animated when Deadpool is talking. In uh, order to give the visual effects artist at Weta something to work with, Ryan Reynolds performs each scene with once without the mask, so his face is entirely visible for the effects team, and once with the mask. He said uh, acting in the mask is about 20 to 30 percent bigger than he normally would be, so the performance comes through. Hmm. The orphanage we see in this is called Essex House. This is another comic book reference, because... The X-Men villain Mr. Sinister is also known as Nathaniel Essex. Ah. This is actually referenced in the Wolverine movie and goes nowhere. Mm. Sorry, the X-Men Origins Wolverine. Ah. Ooh. The F word is said 90 times in the movie, <laughs> for those of you keeping track. When Ryan Reynolds asked Brianna Hildebrand, Negasonic Teenage Warrior, how she felt about the potential storyline during development, the one where she actually has a girlfriend... Hildebrand, and a member of the LGBTQ community, said, was very happy about it, just saying that the film couldn't make a big deal out of the relationship. And they don't. I do like the fact, you know, when she's starting to get to saying like, yes, don't be homophobic about this. He goes, hey, whoa there, Fox and Friends. I'm just amazed anyone would date you. <laughs> Least of all, Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony. <laughs> Hi, Wade. <laughs> she Hi, was so cute. <laughs> they are so cute together. <laughs> Juggernaut is, of course, almost entirely a CG character in this. Almost? Yes, because his face capture and voice are provided by Ryan Reynolds. Oh! Yes, but they digitally lower his voice, but that's his face. Hmm. Dropped the third one, I guess. (laughs) Yep. And let's face it, this version of Juggernaut is so much better than the one in the third X-Men movie. I don't remember any third X-Men movie. <laughs> so, yes, it's in the same theater with the third Godfather movie, which didn't happen. Oh, I don't remember the second one either. I think there's just one. Yeah. <laughs> there are two Goonies references in this movie. Mm. 
when uh, after Deadpool gets his legs torn off by Juggernaut, he's hanging out in his old place. The shirt he's wearing is exactly the same shirt that Chunk wears in the Goonies. Uh-huh. And he refers, he also says that Josh Brolin never noticed this on set. Huh. And he refers to jo- to Cable as One-Eyed Willie at one point. Yes. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was a job from, what, 1985 yeah. or whatever it yeah. was? Yep. <laughs> And it's not like he's had any work since then. No. Certainly not in superhero <laughs> films. No. Uh, yes. Zip it, Thanos. <laughs> the two rednecks that Cable steals the truck from in the beginning. We're not twins. <laughs> nope. That's Matt Damon and Alan Tudyk. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's actually one cameo I wondered about, and I didn't know if you are going to come up against and that was for when we actually see The Vanisher. Oh, yes, that was Brad Pitt. It was Brad Pitt. Okay, I yes. wondered, because you see him for like three frames. Oh, yeah. No, Ryan Reynolds was really nervous about asking him to do that, and Pitt was like, hell yeah, <laughs> this is great. I, As he put it, apparently, I get to be in a superhero movie, and I don't have to memorize any lines. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was apparently totally into oh, it. Oh, cool. There's a ton more. A uh, lot of nerd references, a lot of comic book references, but uh, I think that's enough for now. And page so. 132 of X-Force number 96. <laughs> yes. And I would like to point out the costume incongruity between... Yeah. I'd like to go with um, for 200. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think William Shatner said it best with uh, Get a Life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, tell us the plot, won't you? The plot. Deadpool, that lovable superhero hitman, has one true love besides himself. Sure, he's away knocking off the baddies with quips and blades, both sharp, but he gets to come home to his girlfriend and a happily manic life, doesn't he? Or does he? Seems old Pool, as the kids call him, has knocked down the door of one murderer too many. This one hits back, killing the woman Deadpool, played by, of course, Ryle Reynolds, loves, played by Lorena Baccarin. Zip, tang, she's dead. And what's the pool to do after he makes sure the bad guy is laid to rest or thrown in front of a speeding truck, but to try and off himself in a kerosene explosion? Well, nothing. But it doesn't work. His buddy Colossus of the X-Men gathers the parts and lets them come back together. But Deadpool is directionless. Colossus tells him to get over it and join the X-Men. Come do some good. Be part of a team. So Deadpool gives it a go. First gig is trying to stop a kid mutie called... Fire Fist from <laughs> going nuts and <laughs> torching both the mutant rehab center in which he lives and the director of the place as well. Just as Deadpool seems to have calmed the situation, he pirouettes and snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. He and the kid are collared with power nullifying devices and sent to mutant prison. It's a thing, trust me. <laughs> Inside, without his powers, Deadpool is succumbing to the cancer his powers usually keep at bay. Thing is, there's some sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey thing going on which calls Thanos, but I mean Cable, from the future to come and kill Firefist before he can kill Cable's wife and child. So he shows up. Things blow up. Prisoners are freed, and now Deadpool has to try and save Firefist from the nice crazy person. But then later, he's helping Cable, kind of, when he gets the full story. There's ass-grabbing, blind people jokes, lots and lots of violence, soul-searching, dopinder, and super <laughs> mutant action in this sequel to a very well-received bit of R-rated superhero fare. But can this one stack up in the end? And will Firefist ever find a better name? Don't count on it, true believers, but count on us. The Film Very nice. So, Matt, By the way, it's, Mo- it's Morena Beccaran, not Lorena. Is it? Oh, it, yeah. it's stupid spelling correction. 
It's actually, <laughs> I actually copied it from the stupid IMD website. So oh. thank you. Yep. <sighs> yes, Marina, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're listening now, and I do apologize yes. for mispronouncing your name. By the and way, I'm it's so- Liefeld, not Leefeld, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yes. But but German. That may be. Well, well actually, that would be correct. You know, with Liefeld. So, yes. No. You know how people say Lowenstein, Lowenstein, and they mispronounce yes. the IE? That's or Levine and Levine. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, it's Liefeld. Liefeld. My apologies. That's the way I've always heard it pronounced. Sorry, Rob. I know you're listening, too. <laughs> He's actually sitting next to Marina, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, quick question just for our listener. Uh, you saw this when it came out, didn't you? I did. Did you like the first film? I did. I liked the first film a lot. Were you expecting the first film? No. I thought the first film was going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Had you read any Deadpool? Did you know the character? I... uh, mm, Bits and pieces. Not really. I mean, I read... I saw him a little because I read The New Mutants when it came out, and I think he showed up there, and he was like, well, okay, boring guy in a Spider-Man rip-off outfit. Mm. No, I wasn't expect. I didn't. I didn't know about. I think I may have come across the fourth wall breaking, but I actually thought that was like, oh, this must be some weird special issue where they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Did you have any idea who he was? I kept waiting for Clint Eastwood to show up, right? Because that was one of the Dirty Harry movies, Deadpool. Oh, the Deadpool, oh, right? Which, that's yes, but that was the Deadpool. Well, that's it's how like you Fast get away and from Furious those. and the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Well, that's how you get around those pesky little copyright laws, isn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah, no, I I knew nothing about Deadpool, and okay. uh, I want to. I might have seen it with my buddy the Weasel, and if so, he was definitely in on the character and really said, "You need to go see okay. this film. We should see it. It's going to be really funny." And it's like, I think, don't quote me on this. I think it was the first current level of superhero movie rated R. I think so. I think you're right. And boy, did it need to be. Whoo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially, well, let's, let's, we do, uh, like to do actor stuff. And some of this yeah. is going to just zip on by. But Leslie Uggams, oh my God, oh, what a trooper she is. She is awesome. She, I love, I love Blind Al. Alth- and I, that, that's the character's name. Althea is wonderful. And she's, she takes as good as she gets it's given is thrown at her whatever yep. and she's delightful and leslie uggams of course is a very well-established very award-winning actor and obviously has a great sense of humor yep so i yeah she's one of the supporting characters i really like the other one i like a lot is karan sony or karan uh, sony plays Depender. Depender to yes. <laughs> let me be your kirsten dunst <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could say they're doing a little bit of stereotyping with him, but they... A little, but not really. No. I mean, what about him, apart from his accent, is stereotypically Indian? He's a cab driver? That's everybody's a cab driver. You I can guess. put any ethnos, every immigrant group who comes to this country often starts out driving cabs because you know you need you don't need as advanced a language and any and they can read maps but he's having such fun i I, oh, yeah. I think the actor is too but oh i think so the character himself especially in the first film for those who haven't seen it spoiler when he um <laughs> more or less um gets rid of his romantic rival uh busy murders him <laughs> yes it's somehow it's funny i it, yep don't yeah <laughs> but sure yeah, the Pinder's great. Yeah, he, he's trying so hard. Well, what's your superpower? Courage. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, Depender, whatever you say. Um, sadly, we don't get nearly enough of Brianna Hildebrand. Uh, we we sort of see mm. her, and we have a couple of little 
quips, but she, she is so cool. I, I think she's great. I really want to see more of her. Actually, I would love to see a movie with her and Colossus because, man, talk about mm. two ends of the same magnet. Cripes. Um, but she, she's fine. She doesn't get to do very much. Uh, I actually think her girlfriend, Yukio, played by mm-hmm. a boy, Shioli Kutsuna, was just that was good. darling. She was adorable. I mean, I wanted to see more. With, I wanted to see those two in a movie. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, admittedly, it's the classic trope of, oh, look, you know, total opposites, the angry, withdrawn, sullen one, and the bubbly, outgoing one. Yeah. But it works. It's it's so cute. They do have a lot of chemistry, I think. Yeah. Even though they're barely... like. They're, I want to say all of their footage is probably like 30 seconds. It may be. Just sprinkled with that. We get a real comic book deeper here with Jack K- Kesey as Black Tom. They don't say his last oh, yeah. name, but it's Cassidy because his yeah. more famous no, I brother... I thought they did. Are you sure they didn't say his name? I didn't hear it, but okay. uh, <laughs> Black Tom Cassidy, whose brother yeah. is better known... Sean Cassidy, not that one. This one, I <laughs> think this would actually came first. <laughs> Sean Cassidy was the yep. Banshee whose superpower yes, he is he screams yep, loud. And, and can fly. And uh, he, he shows up in uh, the X, X-Men First Class. They don't actually show him as the Banshee, do they? They just have him as uh, Sean Cassidy. <laughs> they, didn't get, they didn't give him a name, and he's not Irish. And hey, in case you didn't know, Sean Cassidy's currently on tour. You would know, Max, what was Black Tom's power? I know he was sort of like literally the quote-unquote black sheep of the family, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't very clear. He had a stick that he could shoot energy blasts out of. Ah. Yeah. Ah. As far as I can, that was all I ever saw of him. He was pretty boring. He was, yeah, uh, Banshee's younger, I don't know, brother, and just hated him because... Good guy, bad guy. Yeah, I have the mutant ability to buy a stick... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fear my stick! Zazie Beats, or Zazu Pitts, sorry, that's a personal deeper. No one will know that one. Although, look oh. her up, she was actually an actor. As yeah, Domino, was. and she, I, I, she's not there very long, but I really like her. It's like, she's charming, and she's just... Luck, she, luck she is a superpower. The, but luck. Yeah, it's a superpower. No, it is. No, it, no, 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 I don't think it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nope, it, it's not. It totally is. <laughs> But it, you know, it really isn't. I love that whole sequence. <laughs> Let's split the difference and say it isn't. <laughs> well, it also sadly spoiler again. It's in the it's in the theme song, folks. There's going to be spoilers. She's the only member of X Force that survives. Yep. Well, yep. Her you, and Wade. If you count Dupinder, but yeah. Or actually, Although, no, that's not true. Because Bob, what's his name? Bob, not Bob. Peter. Peter. Yeah, I know. Oh well, no, he well, doesn't. That's what he does. Well. But but if you count the yeah, mid-credits yeah. time rewriting, he does survive. I love the fact that Deadpool decides to call his team X-Force as if there isn't a comic book called X-Force that's, of course, headed by yeah. Cable. Um, yep. Yeah. No, never and was. I think think he was part of it. I think Cable Deadpool led was X-Force. It. Yeah, but I think Deadpool oh. was part of it one, one. As much as he's part of anything, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, we've got good old Josh Brolin here, and except <laughs> for the fact that he will play a Another pretty high level and um, very obvious super character in a different franchise, sort of. Yeah. Uh, he does a great job as Cable, although I do love the point they point out. It's like, huh, not tall like you are in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the comic, they, they actually say that Cable is like six foot seven, yeah. which is like almost a foot taller than uh, James Brolin. Yeah. Marina Bakarin, we get her for... Sadly, just I, at the beginning of the film, but I, which is a shame because in the first movie she's really good and she's interesting and funny and touching, and their relationship is great. 
it is yes. just like I don't I can't even describe it. It's when you find one character who is just out there wacky and literally finds his equal but isn't playing up to him and isn't copying him as she's her own mm-hmm. wacky but they really do fit together in very strange and interesting ways oh let's go make a baby yeah i'll get the strap on i don't think that's how it works <laughs> but we'll give it, but a, try. We'll give it a try <laughs> oh she's awesome and it, i i was right there with the credits yeah which i really thought was were great when the you know the credits start playing and it's produced by did you just kill her <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to the credits and stuff in a sec. We have yeah. a couple of people left. Julian Dennison. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Never heard of him before. Does a oh, great job. Big thing he was known for before this was a movie called Hunt for the Wilder People. Never heard of him before, but he's great. <laughs> yeah, never heard of it. Yeah. I think it's, is it a New Zealand film? I think it is. Yes, it is. Because okay. he, he is a New Zealander. Yeah. I, you know. Yep, he's terrific. I think, I think he's going to go far. The only other thing I've seen him in since was... Godzilla versus Kong. Ah. Yeah. But I, I hope he has a better career ahead of him. Yeah. But we have to get to the top and discuss the problem. Yes. So Ryan Reynolds, let's face it, when we think of the character Deadpool and his crazy antics and all of his stuff, really the only person you can think of is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Ryan Reynolds, who I never thought much of before this. Yeah. Including when he plays the same Wade Wilson character in Wolverine or in X-Men Origins Wolverine and makes him boring. Well, it's not his fault. That is not his fault and at all. I think he totally takes care of that in this film. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that. He, he is, I, I now cannot picture anyone else playing Deadpool. No. Because it doesn't matter that he's got the mask on most of the time. It's the voice and the manner, the vocal mannerisms. He's He nails it. I want to say, I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like... Somebody approached him with the idea of doing this character. He looked into it and said, "Oh, I'm I'm owning this. I'm this is for me. I'm doing." That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and he just took ownership and ran with it. And he is very irreverent. Uh, As an actor, he's also very willing to play someone who is canon canonically canonically bisexual. Um, cause that's a thing. They were worried that that was going to take it out. And, um, quite honestly, he tends to feel up Colossus more than he feels <laughs> up anyone else. Well, I still like when he's doing the, when he's like fighting the sumo guy, the guys in the bathhouse and he like lifts the guy's loincloth like, Scoutmaster Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> well, and also later on when in the dream sequence, there's one point where his wife or his soon to be wife, and they never actually get married or do that. I can't remember. I don't think they I do. don't. Not in the movies, but... As he's being pulled back to the land of the living, says, don't bleep, Colossus. (laughs) That's right. He says, don't bleep, Elvis. Don't bleep, Colossus. He goes, what? Zip? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And T.J. Miller's in it as Weasel. Um, And he's fine. Just turns out... He does the part properly. Yeah. The character's very... Never mind about the actor. The character's very two-dimensional. Yeah. And he's basically just there as, like, uh, another quip machine. Yeah. And, you know, he's fine at that. Yeah, he does fine. Uh, I thought the members of X-Force were a lot of fun. I like seeing Terry Crews as as Bedlam. I don't know Terry Crews. You probably do. He is a very... You know, you ever seen Brooklyn Nine Nine? Nope. You've known him. He is a he was an ultimate fighter or a mixed martial arts champion. He is this massive, very physically intimidating one of those guys with who just looks perpetually angry. Okay, even when he isn't, he's got like resting murder face, and he's a lot of fun. And he's Bedlam is the one who can um, disrupt electrical fields. Oh, 
I, I will yeah. say, they dragged out every lame-ass Marvel <laughs> Shatterstar? Yes. Really? Yeah, Shatterstar. I will say there was a certain amount of um, joy taken <laughs> when they basically just shove him into a shredder or whatever they do with Shatterstar. No, no, that was, that was Zeitgeist got shredded. Oh, right. Shatterstar went into a helicopter that's blade. Because right. this... Uh, if you're not a, a Marvel Comics fan or a superheroes fan, then you won't really understand. But it, especially in like the 80s and 90s, it seemed like Marvel was like, well, we want to sort of keep our big guns, but we want to come up with new stuff. And they would like any excuse, drop of a hat, a uh, special issue, they would come up with these lame-ass superheroes, including yeah. people like Shatterstar, who I think yeah. his big power was that he had a big tattoo of a... Um, radial star thing around one eye i think that was his big power <laughs> okay i know he came from this he, he came in the same place that long shot came from exactly i think he had that, a sword that is ex oh did he i don't okay. remember he was so i don't either i know nothing i don't remember anything about him the vanisher first off they changed him around he's not in the comic book he's a teleporter he's not a uh, he he's, doesn't turn invisible well i don't remember much about him how do you know <laughs> How do you care? It, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, I don't. And think, I like that. I don't think any of these people were a part of X Force. I could be wrong, and if I, I have am, no idea, write me in. But I love the fact that they aren't. So yeah, yeah. I like the fact that he's. They go through the whole thing like ten minutes of a of this of the film assembling this team, doing a whole big entrance, and they all die <laughs> except for Domino in the first two minutes. It's. I'm sorry. I thought that was hilarious. It's brutal. It's gross to watch. Yeah. But it is so damn funny. Well, and uh, I'm pretty much done with the, the cast, if you are. One thing I want to point out, because this is something that comes up very often, and we actually, I think, recently got called out for it. I think it was uh, Adam Mark who wrote in with our treatment of the Goonies. He was not care. He didn't care about that. And he, he admitted, yes, the there are tonal shifts at the time. We're like, the tonal shifts do not work for us. This film's tonal shifts make the Goonies' tonal shifts look like a blink. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not even close. And I did want to ask what, if you think that that worked. Because we go some, from some pretty serious drama. Like, we're not laughing. We're watching our hero, Wade Wilson, in prison, knowing he's going to sit there and die of cancer because his powers have been turned off. And he'll make quips, but they don't have that edge anymore. They're just sort of sad. And then, funny-ass stuff. Well, yeah, but we also go from him... Speaking to his dead girlfriend, the love of his life, in some sort of afterlife waiting room, back into the wackiness. Right. And you want to know something? It works. That's what I want to know. For me, the tonal shifts work. I don't know how or why, but I think it's because they're so extreme and because we're sort of expecting that. And with the whole fourth wall breaking, even, again, like with the credits, where the credits are the audience reactions. <laughs> In effect, you know, directed by, you just killed Vanessa? <laughs> and, you know, written by the real villains. Yeah. There's also, um, speaking of this, there uh, is another part of the whole pirouette into wackiness or whatever, is the soundtrack, which is at times both <laughs> really, really, like, dead on appropriate as well as being an equal amount annoying yeah because they got to one point i was like oh no no please not annie no no yes they're doing the subtle come out tomorrow oh, or when hate that song oh and when deadpool is about to blow himself up he's doing it to air supplies <laughs> i'm all, I'm out, of all out of love 
or when he's hacking people up with his sword and the soundtrack is Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 <laughs> and he even looks at the camera and says hit it Dolly yeah <laughs> i it's so funny because we have come across so many movies that we really nail on the whole tonal shift and i don't really know how it works here but i agree i think it does i think so and it is the fourth wall breaking is something else we often say look if you don't know how to handle this if you can't make this work you really shouldn't try and it's kind of part of deadpool shtick and i think that works i was going to ask you did you think we have too much meta in this no I, I think it works i think that's th pretty much the what has become the essence of deadpool I love the fact that when like he first meets Cable, he's going, wow, you're from the future. Which Sharknado are we on? <laughs> <laughs> and you're so dark. Are you sure you're not from the DC universe? <laughs> well, and here's something that I, I, I wanted to bring up, too, is that can you make this film and Deadpool 1 fit into the greater... You can't really make MCU. it fit the MCU because technically mm -hmm. it's not part of it because we haven't... It is now. Yeah, they haven't stitched it together. I think that you actually can, kinda. It's only when they say things like, oh, this wheelchair smells like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Which, it's like, okay, if you're gonna start mentioning the actors who play these people, we have a problem. Well, he did that in the first movie. Professor X will talk to you. Who, McAvoy or Stewart? <laughs> so, my feeling is, the way that you could kind of shoehorn this in, is that, these things, all the events happen the way they're depicted, but the story's being told by Wade Wilson to somebody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, and he's making all this stuff up. So there's a bunch of stuff where people end up looking bad or doing dumb things that aren't Wade Wilson that don't actually happen. But he's telling the story, and as such, he's... Who knows? Maybe he's part watcher, right? And he can see this from... And boy, there's a who. Oh, oh. At this point, I'd like to point out that the watcher has got no children and no descendants. And, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, that's a really geeky thing. I, It is basically, to me, both perhaps a more realistic depiction of superheroes, at least the <laughs> violence that surrounds them, as well as commentary on the whole genre. But also, there's a whole thing of collateral damage in this oh that they God. often just skate over in superhero movies. How many people do you think were killed in that prison truck chase through the city? A lot fewer than died in Batman v Superman. Just yeah, saying. there is that. <laughs> yeah, or or Man of Steel. Yep. You know, with the fight with General Zod. Let's yeah. take this out of the city. Nah, why bother? Huh? <laughs> And in that one, they took great pains to use special effects to show us how many tens of thousands yeah. of people were dying when a building fell over. Yep, yep. I, no, that, I, absolutely. I, I like the fact that it is doing both. It is both a superhero movie and it's a comment on the ridiculousness of... Like, the chase scene makes, makes you realize how ridiculous all other chase scenes are. Not just this one, but the yeah. whole truck through the city and the... Of course, I love Domino. It's like, well, I have to give a give it to luck. I'll go over here yep, and let take, the truck Lady drive Luck, itself. take the wheel, and <laughs> that basically no one is driving the truck. And, <laughs> and it works fine. Yep. I, I, it's rare that you can get a film that can be self-referential, self-deprecating, and self-aggrandizing at the same time, but it kind of <laughs> yep. does. And it this does. is the second one. 
right? So we did this once before, and when we get to the end, we'll discuss whether we thought this holds up compared. Because the first one, I think, and I don't remember it as well, but I think if I had to to say this, it did its job even better than this film did. I yeah, I think so. But that being said, it wasn't said, quite as over the top in the ridiculousness things. But I do have to say that. Uh, Canonically, there's a lot of suggestions that Wade Wilson is insane, which would kind of tie back into your idea how to fit him into the uh, wider superhero universe in that this is all from his perspective and what he is seeing or even saying isn't heard by or seen by other people. Um, suggested? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, doesn't every issue of Deadpool start with, by the way, Wade Wilson is utterly off his rocker. It should. (laughs) It should. And I, I mean, I like the fact... Like they they throw in stuff like that about the fact that he is absolutely certain of things, even though we know he's wrong. Like I liked when Cable kills Black Tom. He goes, you killed Black Tom, you racist <laughs> son of a bitch, because he has convinced himself that Black Tom is African American when he is clearly not. Well, I, and you can. <sighs> There actually is the slightest grain of truth to that. So Black Tom is supposed to be Black Tom Cassidy. There are a group of people called the Black Irish who have dark hair and who are supposedly of mixed descent from uh, Spanish who... Probably the the Moors. The Moors, yes. So, sort of. (laughs) But not really. That's not what he means. And I'm willing to bet that Wade Wilson doesn't even know that. The only reason I know that is because I saw a movie called The Secret of Ron Inish. (laughs) Otherwise, Ah. never, never occurred to me. So, yes, uh, I do love that stuff like that. Um, I think one of the other things that's surprising is that this film, with all of its extra characters, offers a lot of opportunities. We don't often see a film whose side characters really have the potential to be interesting enough to have their own movie. But like you pointed out, we could see a movie with the couple of Negasonic Teenage Warhead yep. and Yukio. Or not Yukio. <laughs> what is her name? Yuki? No, it's Yukio. Yukio is Yuki. I'm sorry, I was thinking of yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I would, In America! That might be it. You could even do like a little anthology film. Like, hey, yeah. four different short stories. Domino with, could, could have her own movie I, easily. She's fun. I like her. Um, Josh Brolin is actually a con- under contract for a total of three more appearances as Cable, and we don't know what movies he's going to be in. I don't want to see a Cable movie. Nah. I don't like Cable. He's the only one, and that's fine. He need he and Colossus need to be the straight men. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. Uh, I also give uh, Josh Brolin kudos for doing that um, um, crotch scene with <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Oh, he's about to be more upset in a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but like some of the other characters, you could I would easily see Colossus with uh, being the straight man with another one of these characters. Yeah. I think it could be a lot of fun, and I would probably watch it. Would it be as good? I don't know, but it could be different and fun. The other thing that I like about this movie is, well, Ryan Reynolds is not doing a Shatner in that he's letting other people have some of the good lines. Yeah. I like Domino sitting in the back of the car, listening to the two of them argue and just going, I should have finished college. <laughs> Well, and it, or somebody saying he's doing full Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, the scene where his legs are growing back is oh, really disturbing. It is. There's there's he's moments do- like that. So, if, hmm. I will say that this film does have some gross out humor. Mm. It does oh, yeah. have a lot of violence that they Ooh, do boy. not shy away from. Because of course, very bloody. His main weapon is two swords, and there is a scene that's not entirely unlike the Crazy Eighty Eight, except there's only about. 
10 of them and <laughs> it's a bunch of guys in their underwear, which is interesting. Um, and pieces are being cut off, not all of which are the villains. Sometimes it's actually Ryan Reynolds having his yeah. being cut into bits. He blows himself up in the first five minutes of the film. Yep, he gets torn, literally torn in half by the juggernaut. So as as dark humor goes, this is pretty dark. And if it's not your cup of tea, I can see why people are like, yeah, I don't know. And also if you just don't like superheroes, because... Mm. I think if you don't have a love of superheroes of some kind, this film's probably not going to work for you. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, but it does have a moral. I don't know if that... Did you catch the moral? Yeah, it's uh, family is what you create. No. The moral of the story is heroes can't have families. That's Ah, the moral. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because if they do... They'll end up in the fridge. That's something like that. Or get shot by whoever that murderer guy was. So just, just don't, Okay. Dependent, yeah. you're better off without her. Trust us. <laughs> I still like, picture me as a 10-year-old Kirsten Dunst. Says, I will never not picture you that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently his um, his inspiration for being a superhero yes. is her part in the... Uh, the, the, the Interview st- with a vampire, yeah. yes. Where, Which where also she's... had Brad Pitt in it. That's true. Mm. Coincidence? Yes. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I... Mm, it's just a weird film because I watched it like I do all the other films, but I honestly didn't have that many notes. I had a few. Do you have any more? I mean, By bombings, bring them up. Yeah. What did you think of his death scene where he's... Which one? You know, w- uh, when he's lying there after he's been shot uh-huh. and is, believes he's dying and keeps dying and then keeps talking. I thought it went on a little long. That was my thing. I, I thought that was funny the first time he did it, maybe the second, but they did it like five times. Yeah. And it's that was a bit much. And what about the uh, mid-credits sequence with the time travel? I have to... Ad- I- <laughs> I love that sequence for, for no other reason that he actually ends up including him, <laughs> the actor who plays Deadpool, yes. as one of the people getting shot or yes. killed. Yes, he goes back in time and kills Ryan Reynolds before he can make the Green Lantern movie, looks at the camera and says, you're welcome, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, And then he also kills off the original Deadpool character from that yep. Wolverine movie. Yep. So I Yes, I, but he, he goes I, back and saves Vanessa, in effect nullifying most of his motivation for this movie, which, again, in any other superhero movie would have pissed me off. With any other character that would have pissed me off, with Deadpool, it works. I also It just does. I also love the fact that he stole the damn thing from Cable <laughs> without Cable <laughs> noticing. I, I did, and I liked, you know, Yukio and, uh, and Negasonic saying, you know, Cable's going to kill you if, when he finds out you stole that, and she just goes, why do you think I'm helping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's fine. And and here's the thing, I want to put a uh, a little plug in. I rented this. I didn't own it. And there is a feature, I'm sure it's in other streaming services too, but there's a feature at least in the uh, Apple TV app where when the credits start, a little button pops up that says skip credits and it goes right to the cutscene so you could uh. you don't have to sit there and fast forward and try and figure out where it is. Um, really nice. But in this case, I sat through a lot of the op- the beginning or since the end credits because they were so darling. Those little mm. drawings and stuff, they're so they cute. They were so cute. Little they cartoon were so Deadpool. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, I think I also I like the fact that the end credits are to this to shares if I could turn back time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely naming our kid Cher. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Which was a nice callback. You know, I want our kid to have one name, like Cher. And I know Todd. you would never <laughs> let us name a son Todd. <laughs> so, but I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Yep. Are you out? Yeah, I think so. Although, again, I like the little uh, sort of a throwback to another movie we talked about, Say Anything. Oh, yeah. When, when he's Except trying to he's apologize to Colossus. He's holding up his Colossus. phone, and on the he's phone is <laughs> an app of a boombox. <laughs> yep, but he is, he's playing in your eyes. Yeah. Just like Peter Gabriel, just like a John Cusack was in the movie. Yeah. I think I like that. There are a lot of little things like that. I like him looking at the camera twice and saying, well, that's just lazy writing. Yeah, because, thank you, it, it is in other films. It is. Yeah. It really is. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've got. The finish. So, Max. Yeah. You saw Deadpool when it came out, the first one. I did. And? And I, the first one or this one? The first one. I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. So when you saw the first one, were you like, oh my God, there's no way they can do this again and get away with it? When I saw, when I knew there was a second one coming out, my first thought was, okay, it's a comic book movie. Of course there's going to be a sequel. And there are possible things they could do. They didn't do but any also, of them, did they? No, not a one. <laughs> They yep, caught me by surprise, until, although I, at the end of the first one, there's an end credit scene where he says, the next movie, we're going to have cable. And I, admittedly, I thought, oh, yeah, right. You're going to bring time travel and all that mess and Leif, Liefeld's hyper-musculature, which, by the way, is another thing he's really known for that people make fun of. Back in the 90s, there was a whole thing where everybody in Marvel Comics got swollen. <laughs> You know, just these ridiculously exaggerated musculature and the and women who were, shall we say, anatomically impossible. Yeah. Spine but, breakers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't think it would work. I, I, I wasn't sure what the, to expect from the second one. I didn't think it would be as much fun, but I think it was. Do you remember your reaction when you saw it in the theater, the second one? Yeah, I, I, I thought again. This is great, especially the X, the X Force scene, the whole sequence, all the way to him retconning Peter's death at the end. I was like, yeah, this makes this is the whole movie for me. I, you could have nothing else in this, and this, the rest of the movie could have been terrible. This would have saved it. Hmm. What about you? So I loved the first one. I did not see it coming. And I have to say, I, I don't know that he'll listen to this episode or not, but The Wheeze has taken me some films that I did not want to see, didn't think I wanted to see. And I think in every occasion he was right. One yeah. of them was The Hangover, had no interest uh, in it. And I laughed mm -hmm. my ass off in that film. It was so yeah. funny. I don't want to see any of the sequels. I don't need to. And I'm pretty sure that he got me to go see this film because I was like, eh, funny superheroes, I don't need that. Just like when I saw the ads for Lower Decks. Funny Star Trek, that can't be any good. Spoiler, it's great. Mm -hmm. And I love the first film. My, my memory is that the second film I didn't like as much. And was like, so we, we chose okay. it for this show, which I think was a great idea, although we sort of bent Dan's idea a little bit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is the one that's not as good. Um I don't know if it's my memory was wrong or it's just been long enough and I don't remember the first one as well. I don't know. <laughs> but I laughed all the way through it. It's really funny. It's really dark. So if you don't like dark humor, it's not going to work for you because mm, it's rated yeah. R for a really good reason. I'm sorry, for a number of really good reasons. <laughs> Many reasons. Uh, making sure that all those little kids in mutant school will never get to see it. <laughs> I like the characterizations. Yes, I was an X-Men fan. Um, I 
Yep, me too. For most of the X-Men, I'll still say they haven't really been done very well, with a few exceptions, Wolverine, Professor X being one of them. Uh, yeah. Colossus, sure. He's a little bit more straight man in this than he even was. A little was. more boy, boy scouty, but he was always kind of, I'm sorry, he was kind of dull. Yeah, no matter now, how much I you did, shine I, him up. <laughs> Yep, I like Alan Cummings' version of Nightcrawler, too. Yeah, it was a really interesting take. He was a very odd choice for that role. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think that's probably, except for the weird carvings they put in his skin for some reason I don't mm. understand. I guess they didn't mm. want to put velvet fuzz on him or something. Mm. I think he was probably closest to the way I saw him in the comics. Yeah. So I, I would have to say that this film does have some caveats, meaning... Don't like dark humor. Don't like superheroes. It's not going to work for you. That being said, I think they really embrace the whole superhero genre, the comic superhero, as well as movie superhero genre. They know yep. how to play with it, except for maybe that death scene going on a little bit too mm -hmm. long. They really know where they can poke the stick and where they can offer up some, some goodies to the audience. And let's face it, superheroes are goofy. <laughs> mm, yeah. The whole idea of powers and stuff really does not work, and they play even play with that to some extent. So, I would say as a choice for yeah. our fifth anniversary special film, as well as just a superhero film in general, yes. I'll be interested to see what happens with the third, because the third one is going to be under the Disney Aegis. Which, uh -huh. well, here's the thing. Disney's got some stuff on their channel. Like, did you see Andor? Yeah, I saw I saw two episodes of it. That is true. That ain't uh, light and fluffy. No. <laughs> so I, it's very I, well done. It's really well acted. It's really well plotted and written. But it kept making me say, "Is this Star Wars?" <laughs> the only thing I know about the third movie is apparently Hugh Jackman has agreed to be in it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what the rumor I've heard, and I hope this is true because this would really work, is he's not going to be playing Wolverine. He's going to be playing Hugh Jackman. Oh. And I think that could be, re if they do it right, that could be hilarious. Huh. Yeah, we'll have to see, but it's not out yeah. yet. Nope. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Well, except we should go over that poll question thing again. Yes, yes we should. It's really difficult when we don't know who's supposed to cue the other person. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, we would like to know for next week, what is your favorite movie franchise? Big, small, three, 12 films, different actors, same ones. And this can be anything. Again, we're talking all the way back to the original origins of cinema going back to things like the thin man sherlock holmes whatever all the way up to marvel superheroes harry potter etc just let us know and you can do so by going over to the website such as cheesehead and vince do keep those penguins quiet won't you and that is maxmikemovies.com there you can see all of our episodes leave comments to this question or even to give us ideas for other series other shows etc or like our friend Adam did, you could email us. And that was at us at maxmikemovies.com where you might say, hey, I take issue with your show. You guys are awesome! Or something <clears throat> similar like that. Yep. And then, of course, we have our presence on... Although... Presence? You got me presence? No, never. Oh. Uh, we have our presence on uh, social media, which is changing. Uh, I'm not sold on uh, this whole new threads thing, especially since uh, you have to cancel your Instagram account if you want to cancel your threads account, which is there's a feature. Anyway, we're still on Facebook, if you are, and uh, yeah. we're at Max Mike Movies. You can leave comments to the, uh, or answers to the question there, or other comments as well. And then finally, if there is a podcast app, or one that Meta is going to come out with soon, I'm sure we're on it somehow. Yep. 
But this has, I do, do just want to say that uh, this has been a great five years. Bye. And I'm looking forward to at least another week. Oh. <laughs> another week. <laughs> but speaking of week, <laughs> next, <laughs> my transitions are brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> next week, we're starting a new series. We are. Tell us about it, Mike. Well, we, um, yeah, we want Too late. I'm going to tell us. Yeah, we want to. <laughs> Start a series that's, um, well, so, okay, there used to be big summer blockbusters. I know they don't do that anymore. Indiana oh, boy, Jones. remember those way back? Yeah. But it used to be that Hollywood was not so great at keeping secrets. And it turns out that if anyone got a sniff of what Cameron was up to or, or Lucas was up to or Spielberg was up to, you might see another movie really kind of sort of exactly like it show up either around wait, the same wait, time wait. or even hang first on. what hang on are you saying there are people in hollywood who don't utterly value originality yes <laughs> oh mike when did you become so cynical 1979 um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened in 1979 i'm sorry we don't talk about that no right? no 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 yeah, something to do with Bruno. It's like um, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. We just, yeah, ah. don't ever mention that. Uh, <laughs> so you would get a movie that would come out, the one you were expecting, the one you were looking yep. forward to, and then you'd get what we'd like to call But an Incredible Simulation, which is the name of our new series. Yep. And so next week, we're going to start off with the good film, otherwise known as the film that you were expecting to go see. And then the week after, we'll follow it with the... Um, Shall we say? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's just call them what they were. The third world country mix match action figure. What superhero is this version of the same (laughs) film? So Uh next week, we're going to start off with a big old kaiju film, a giant rubber monster film of great renown, which has nothing to do with Godzilla, nor does it actually have rubber monsters in it. We're going to watch Pacific Rim. And just to keep Uh. you ahead of the, the game, so if you want to, you can... Keep these two things close in your heart. The week after that, we're going to be watching its um, incredible <laughs> simulation, very imaginatively called Atlantic Rim. That's a whole other ocean. <laughs> yeah. So get set for a big old rimming next week on whoa, Max. Mike whoa, movies. whoa. <laughs> This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.